Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Thanks to Tyrell Finroy for coming on. Norman Locke is in studio. It is a Thursday. Whoa. Good morning. Good morning. How you feeling? Feeling good. Got some football kicking off today. I know it's not two like teams that everybody know. Well, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. What's that? It was um, UAB Blazers versus the Jacksonville Jacksonville State, State. Gamecocks. Thirty-one to nothing or something. <laughs> yeah. Never heard of that team ever. No, you you got some, um, you know, App State plays tonight against East Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tennessee plays Bowling Green. I think. Um, Coastal plays like a FCS school, I think the Citadel or something. But, you know, hey, it's real football. It's real football. Real football. NC State and South Florida. Minnesota hosts Ohio State. I guess that's the big marquee one. So, but, you know, the Buckeyes are going to So Bishop Sycamore roll. isn't playing today? Uh, no, they are. Okay. Yeah, no, they're, 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 they're here's the thing about Bishop Sycamore. They're always playing. They're always playing. You know, I, I definitely inquired with uh, Roy Johnson about um, my four years of eligibility left. We're all <laughs> eligible to play in Bishop Sycamore, bro. Every single one of us. ESPN getting catfished. The thing is, like, if you were if you were someone that was catfishing someone, if for those that don't know, just think, pretending to be someone you're not, yeah. right? You probably don't. Maybe there's there are a few that want attention and do want to get caught, and maybe those are the ones that get on TV. But the vast majority of them would rather just not get caught and get to keep just this front. But this was a case of like somebody being catfish and like I I'm just gonna go ahead and put myself in front of the world and just think I'm gonna get away with it. It's gonna work. His his name is Roy Johnson Scott, but I, his new name is Dwayne Johnson because he's gonna be a movie star. Like it, this is. This is the perfect script for a movie. The guy made a fake high school that played nationally ranked tele, uh, televised games against nationally ranked high schools that are real. And got destroyed. And got destroyed. But he made it happen. He pulled together 35 players from across the town. And took money from a church and bounced checks. And No, I, I, I don't know. I think, look. You know what's the Do- wildest part? Will there be documentaries? Yeah. Absolutely. But like a movie? Yeah, a Netflix know. special. I think special. the guy's going to get profit off of it. I think he's pretty, um, you know, I, I think he's got some legal things he needs to worry about first. But the for me, it's the process that he put it all together. And I think he deserves the movie because he put it all together. So I'm, I'm laughing about the story. Criminal. I mean, he's... He, Technically, he, he is. abused. He, has a, he, he has abused. A, he has a, a act of arrest warrant. So he's that. an alleged criminal. <laughs> See, what's funny? It was so messed up. But the the kid they interviewed that was like, "Yeah, I mean, my mom, you know, basically came from a, you know, um, poor neighborhood. Didn't his mom didn't travel with him? He got there. He's like, wait, we're just living out of a hotel and we're not going to school. Come to find out, y'all aren't even paying for this hotel." I love how he said, he said, did y'all ever go to class? He said, one day they dropped us off at the library for an hour. (laughs) That's ridiculous. It's like, it's like if I want to get a workout in, if I, all right, this month I'm going to work out, I'm going to do it. It's like last day of the month. Like, dang it. I'm going to go go walk around the block. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to go jog. I got one in. I'm gonna I'm gonna work out and diet this week, and that day you just like don't eat the like extra you know 
cracklings that are going to be in the front desk here in the building in a little while. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Did it. Got my workout in. Like, oh, yeah, it was a school. They dropped us off at the library. Once. See, what's funny is, you know, I was laughing about the story until it hit home. Emory actually called one of their games. No and, way. And Emory thought everything was weird and something was wrong because the roster only had uh, uh, 20 people on it. Yeah. But it's 22, te- it's 22 starters <laughs> that you need on a team. Then there's substitutes. So I was like, Emory, what are you, what are you doing as a substitution? He's like, I was winging it. I didn't have anybody listed. Yeah. He's like, and then uh, uh, 30 minutes into play, everybody's hurt. I was like, well, that. Sounds like Dude, a, a Bishop Sycamore a game, game against the national power less than 48 hours after they played a game where they're all playing both ways. People are like, oh, well, some, a lot of them are 19, 20, 20. It doesn't matter. I thought they had a 26-year-old. It, that, that doesn't mean that they're necessarily good. <laughs> the guy was grabbing, in most situations, from what I understand, individuals who were desperate in desperate situations, and they were promising them things that never came to fruition. The, the the poor kid that like left, he went back to high school and like he couldn't even he wasn't even eligible to play football because yeah. he hadn't gone to class. He's like I had to go back to I had to repeat my junior year just to be eligible for my junior year. It's like this guy's making all these promises like oh I'm gonna get a D one offer I'm gonna get a recruit all I'm this get other y'all stuff. on Netflix that he, he, like, he don't count him out he might three don't count him out. I don't think it was that I don't think it was the <laughs> route he was going for with getting them on. No, it wasn't getting them on there. It's going to be the fire fest of, like, high school football documentaries. Ever. And then it's like, this is a big story. If you check ESPN.com, it's nowhere. Because they're so embarrassed. It's, it's nowhere near. It's nowhere check on the side. anywhere else, though. It's all over. It's all over. All over. Because the, the funniest thing to me is that whoever's over, like, putting t- uh, games on national television didn't check it at all. They had, Zero percent. They, they, they didn't immediately released a statement that... Paragon, I think, was the name of the company. They're like, they do some marketing. Like they they schedule all these games for us. Like, immediately just put it out there. <laughs> just threw them under the bus. And it's like, yeah, but you but you still pay them to do that, and it is on your broadcast. And at some point, it's just funny. It's just like, if somebody, it, it's like, if you get an email today that's like, oh, I, uh, I'm a prince who must <laughs> need someone to hold on to my money, as I leave this other country, please send me your wire information. And it's like, yep, yep. works for me. But I believe it. All right, Prince. You know, here, here is a, oh, hey, uh, uh, Mr. Jonathan, Jonathan Prather, that misspelled my legal name. Uh, we have these pills that are surely going to make you grow and make you more of a man. Oh, shoot. Sign me up. Sounds good to me. Give me two of them. Like, that's essentially what they did. They're like, okay, cool. We want you to promote it on the air for free. All right, deal. It works. Bishop Sycamore, I heard of him. He <laughs> just like, didn't, like the, the vetting process is like, cool, works. It's good. Sycamore? It's good. Oh, yeah, powerhouse. Hey, we need, uh, we're looking to hire new new agents for the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, uh, I got experience. Really? Oh, yeah, a lot of experience. A lot, a lot, of, lot of academies have been looking at me. Okay, come on. Let's do it. <laughs> You got, you got Adidas jerseys? All right, that's, a, that's enough. That's why I was, I was like, how did, how did he get Adidas jerseys? How, how did he get? He went through a lot to make this happen, bounce, Scott. You got to experience. You got to respect bounce, this. Bounce some checks. You got Adidas jersey. You got the logo on the helmets. Eric, he got it all done. He even created Bishop Sycamore. He ordained somebody. He changed the name. <laughs> 
That's what's crazy is two years ago he changed the name of the, the, the fake school to try to make it seem like it was from the church. And then, like, like my point is, like, so he did enough to sort of stay under the radar. Why would you go on national TV? Because that's the way to, to get it to where he wanted to get it. He just had too big of a head. Like, it's the, too big to fail. It's too big. You know, Even though we fail every time we're on the football field. I'm still, he got 35 kids to believe it for at least, what, four games? But some of these some of those kids were, they, they were dead. Like, I, I am of the belief that had he recruited a kid, and this is just my opinion, I could be wrong. Had he recruited a kid who like, not wasn't in a desperate situation, he probably would have been out it more. Okay, like a kid's parents might have been able to get there and see everything and be like, oh my god, like what, what I'm saying, like, like, like he. So I feel like this guy preyed on. Kids who were in a desperate situation so he could get money from a church and then not pay for hotels and other things. Because I'm like, okay. An alleged criminal, Norm. If if, if I get a text message like, Norm, I'm starting up a team. You know, I need you to come play linebacker. I'm like, okay, what what is it, semi-pro or what is it? Like, I have initial questions. And if he like, oh, it's a high school. High school. Yeah. I'm in high school. You probably wouldn't <laughs> fall for it. But the, this is me while I'm in high school. It's like, yeah, I'm starting up a team. I want you to transfer to my school. I want you to do. Where is it? Yeah, um, where is it's it? It's in Delaware, Ohio, and it's at a hotel. Sign me up. <laughs> I don't get I, no homework. I get to, I get to leave from my parents. Oh no, he's told you and your parents education will be great. That's what he told. That's what he told. That's what I'm he told. A, I'm mom. the athletic director, the principal, the head coach, and your math teacher. And they had to share pads. How do you share pads and you plan both ways? And you're playing less than 48 hours after you played a game and you're playing one of the best teams in the country. Then you got the kids talking trash about the grown men that got set up, Scott. I think that's the worst part is I'm seeing the the kid cornerback like I held this grown man to zero catches. I'm like, I might have got to suck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not having tenth graders talk about how they shut me down. I'm not no I'll play for the Sycamores. They're gonna shut you down. They're gonna shut you down. Two six nine ten seventy seven. Phone lines are open for you this morning. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hello. I wonder if Ja Rule had any ownership in that team. That's <laughs> that, that's the first thing I thought of. The only way somebody could be scammed that bad, it had to have something to do with Ja Rule. How did ESPN though, Scott? That's that's the part I I don't get. Like a lot. A lot of the media coverage I hear is like, how could this coach fool so many people? How did these kids fall for it? How did this, that? How did ESPN fall for it? Because they have a marketing team that's responsible for running their high school schedule. And the marketing team failed. I mean, it was Paragon was this marketing team that apparently sets up um, their high school games and clearly did not. And look, that's not an excuse for ESPN. I mean, ultimately, they're paying this Paragon, and Paragon needs to uh, do a little bit more research. Um, but yeah, that's how it happened. I mean, look, you've got like you got guys that typically do college games and whatnot, and focus on recruiting, and suddenly they're in Canton and they're calling a game against teams that like they're not, they don't know anything about. They just, and then when they got there and they kept were promised, you're going to get a roster, you're going to get this, you're going to get that. And then eventually it's game time and they've got nothing. 
Emory uh, got his roster an hour before. He said. Yeah, and it probably wasn't. It wasn't full. <laughs> oh, yes. We've got. Uh, he didn't even know the kids' names. <laughs> yeah, it was just like 32, uh, tall guy, right? I don't know. Slender legs. Yeah. <laughs> But no, that's that's how it happened to ESPN. And my guess is, whatever their contract is with Paragon, as soon as it expires, I don't think they will be re-upping. Don't blame it on the intern. When I saw when I saw the roster, it reminded me of that uh, that skit from um, what's their names, Key and Peel, when it's like Bishop Shashanka Bank Bank, and it's all like the you know the Just weird names. The and stuff. Like, I'll be in college. Bismo Funyuns. <laughs> Le Carpetron Duke like Marriott. <laughs> Dan Smith, BYU. It, it was like it was like it was like Kayvon Williams, and the next one was like Caveton Williams. Like they were like Yeah, like some of the players weren't real. Caveton didn't make it like today. Just, we just add a few letters like, into this guy's name. It's actually the same kid playing both ways, but they want to convince you it's two different guys. Oh man. It just, it just blows my mind, man. Because like I remember, like my uncle was, my uncle was watching it, and he's like, "Man, these guys are just getting destroyed." Jackson, and I'm like, Jackson, Wait, and I'm watching him. <laughs> and then when I saw the guy go to punt the ball, I was like, "Oh my god, this can't be real. There's something up on this." And then literally, you know, I wasn't really caring that much about it. I mean, there was a gigantic hurricane coming, you know. So, but when I saw, when I saw it, I, my mind was just blown. I was like. How did they manage this? How did they manage? I didn't watch it. All I know is that if IMG Academy wanted to, they probably could have won like 105. I saw literally maybe like three minutes of this guy, and the quarterback was subbed in, and he was a cornerback, cornerback, and he punted the football, cut it off. (laughs) I cut it off. I know what was going on, but they're like, uh, cornerback, such and such, is coming sub in to play quarterback. Then he punted the football. It's like yeah, no, nah, I, I don't know what he, I don't know what's going but on. Way, <laughs> but the way, he, but the way he punted the ball was like he wasn't like he didn't have a seven to ten yard drop. He was like four yards behind the line, maybe three. Like he didn't want even in shotgun, Scott. Like he was closer than shotgun. He could have hit a guy in the back of the head like, with the punt. Right. Yeah. It sounds like it was the best play of the game for him. It sounds second like it was best effective. Play of the game. Yeah, it was second. I don't best. know why y'all are hating. It sounds like it worked. Yeah, but the thing was, is he wasn't even directly behind the center, and the only reason he didn't hit anybody with the ball is because a defender blasted through the line and blocked it and scored a touchdown. Oh, so he did so, like, get blocked. I cut it, Y'all left that yeah. part out. Because I cut it off, Scott. Once I saw it, I saw, I saw what was going on. I cut yeah. It off. It's like, it's just... I, we, were in a, we were in adjoining hotel rooms in Tyler, Texas, because we didn't want to take a chance. And literally, I walk in the room, and my uncle's one of those uncles that, those guys that, like, it doesn't matter who's playing. Oh, there's football on the TV. He's going to watch it. He doesn't care who it is because he loves football. So he's watching it, and I walk in, and I see this, and I'm like, what is this? He's like, man, these guys are getting destroyed. And then I saw the punt, and I was like, oh, my God, this can't be real. And so I walked out of the room, and I went get me a beer, and I was hanging out. And then days later, <laughs> next thing you know, you see the, a dude that looks like uh, – Martin's friend uh, from uh, the, the TV show Martin as the head coach, you know, <laughs> drinking Gatorade on the sideline, getting busted. I heard he had like, I heard he had like a, a bunch of like warrants out for his arrest. There, there's that? some, there's some, there's, I think awful announcing. Maybe had a story where there was allegedly uh, a warrant out for his arrest for, for fraud. Allegedly, oh malfeasance <laughs> of funds and other things. A lot, a lot of bounce checks. Oh man, that's crazy! Well, all right, guys, I'll uh, I'll hang up and listen. I enjoy the show. Thanks. Allegedly.
allegedly. This man, Roy Ward Johnson, I think is his name. Yeah, he's the guy. You're sitting here admiring this guy. Because he put it all together. I, I, I got to give him at least one attaboy this for is like, putting this it is all like together. The, I don't know, man. This is like, I'm trying to think of a movie where some this is the ball criminal put, to, like, put together what he thought was going to be this great heist, but was really just, it was not effective at all. Like, Scott, like yesterday I created my own high school. It's the Baldwin Doves. And I, I need you to come play soccer for my team. Soccer? Yeah. Really? See, he did football. What position? What position do you like in soccer? What position would Norm play? Goalie. Go, goalie I'm not keeper. running. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not Name goalie. another position. Forward. Let's <laughs> <laughs> start asking you soccer questions. Is there a forward? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I was yeah. two for two. Yeah, you know, it depends where you're playing. What they call the what they call the positions. <laughs> You know, that was certainly what you would call him. He'd be like, you're you're a score you're a scorer. <laughs> ESPN fourteen twenty. Let's head back to the phone lines. Hello. Scotty, what's up? What's happening? Hey, so uh how does a team like that get on IMG Academy's schedule? I so, mean, I so parent- I, I get I get it's weird. You're right. Which <laughs> it's really weird. IMG Academy like, apparently big, didn't have an opponent. <laughs> I, I I don't know why they didn't have an opponent for um, this game, and uh, maybe one had to pull out, but that's part of how this thing happened was that ESPN, you know, yeah. I guess Paragon wanted them on ESPN, but they couldn't own it, and it kind of came together somewhat last minute. Who knows how accurate that is? It sounds like kind of a blame yeah. game, but what's crazy is, to your point, they actually have or had because – of the embarrassment, they canceled the rest. Every team that they were scheduled to play canceled it. They were traveling around the country, and in terms of every high school in the country, Bishop Sycamore had the fourth most difficult schedule <laughs> of any high school team in the country. So they're, it's not like they're just <laughs> fooling Paragon. Like, they're fooling other, they're fooling okay. other schools around the country, powerhouse schools. And on top of that, if you're IMG Academy, they really shouldn't get a pass here because they apparently played the Bishop Sycamores last year. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, they played them last year, so they knew going into this game. You, you think they would have spoken up like, hey, guys, um, really? Like, this is this is who you're giving us Nick as an Saban, opponent? Bill Belichick, Roy saying. Johnson. I mean, they're like a big, <laughs> you know? It it, 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 I think to your point, sport, it's like the amount of individuals who just sort of whiffed on the something's not right here, uh, you know, like good paying adults whiff. He's a goat. Tell you, man, it's like it's like somebody first who's selling yeah. shirts. I think I might oh, buy one. Oh no, they're selling them. It, I, like I, I think I need to buy one. Bishop, how many people's fantasy football teams this year going to be Bishop? I got one Sycamore? in my league. It's like that I got everywhere. One my, I got one in my league right <laughs> now. Right, I'm hang up and listen. Appreciate <laughs> it. How many people going to name their pet Sycamore or Bishop? Or we have a Bishop we have a Bishop Sycamore in the ESPN 1420 listener league. I love how there's not a person named that, and he's just like. Just there's no up. ordained bishop named Sycamore. That's the funniest thing. That's why I was like, I, I, everybody was laughing at my team name, the Baldwin Doves. They're like, Norman, there's really a Baldwin. All right, but there's no Doves and Baldwin, and you have to go to Baldwin to see that there's no Baldwin Doves. Why Baldwin Doves? You got to come to Baldwin to see a Dove. No, but like, what's the? Where's is, is that all? Is it that simple? It's that simple. There's you no, get you get your city behind it. 
No, you get you a city that you have that somebody literally has to visit why did, to figure why out they don't have a high school. Oh, so you know you couldn't say like the the Baldwin bronchiosauruses or anything. No, no, it's not believable. It's not believable. See, he used Bishop because it's like it. who's not many bishops they have. No, okay. he, he did it so he could get money from a church. But he, but he used Bishop because who's going to go back and and. Check on a bishop, Scott. There's many bishops. The best was that they their Twitter account. They had they definitely had some burner accounts. And like when the when the crap started to hit the fan, they were just retweeting all of the obvious burners. Like celebrated for stepping up and playing this. <laughs> and it's like all of their retweets are like the same three accounts of like uh, no one knows what they're talking about. This school does things the right way. It's like school. I'm, I'm trying to tell you. They're just. He has a point, staff. At that point, of committed the whole people. country is is like kind of like zoned in. Like this is odd, and the story is just getting hotter and hotter. He's like, hey, uh, let me get on my phone, retweet something from this other account. People have to start giving him an attaboy. I, I'm Norm. I'm supporting him. Not me. I support the Bishop Sycamore. When my high school comes out, when everybody else's high school comes out, just know I was second on the wave. I might not have been first, but the hey, the Baldwin Doves soccer team, hey, check it out. Which who's gonna have the documentary first? Because it ain't gonna be a thirty for thirty. It's not gonna ESPN be a 30 for 30. will not be behind it's probably this gonna documentary. Be barstool. <laughs> it, it, it barstool or who apparently has a, a documentary that came out about Deion Sanders that's supposed to be good right now. Oh no, it, it is. I saw some of it. It's really good. Right, better than Hard Knocks. It is better than Hard Knocks. But I mean, it's because they got they got twenty. Like, if I don't know if you follow, I know you know on Instagram, but Deion has a twenty four hour camera crew that Barstool just roams around with him. So anything that he puts out from Barstool, it's gonna be fire because the camera crew literally films everything. I um, I didn't even watch Hard Knocks this week. I did. I was. I was like, it's been a. It's been a. It's been a rather busy week, and I was gonna stay up late to watch it just so we could talk about it. And honest to God, I was just like, what am I? It's a terrible season. Like, why? I'm going to bed. Yeah. Well, why am I gonna stay up and watch this? I read about it. I read Mike McCarthy wore a party shirt again. Yeah. That's what I said. It's, and then, we don't and talk about it. you know, they didn't know. even they didn't even show the cuts this week. How about next season? <laughs> we can talk about. Are you gonna watch? They have one more episode, right? Are you gonna watch it? Yeah, I'm gonna watch. How the, disappointing is it? Is our expectation of Hard Knocks just too high? Because it seems like the last few years it's just been garbage. I think it's it's team based, and I think they chose a team with the Dallas Cowboys where they thought you're going to get you know maybe a setback by Dak Prescott, maybe some some type of locker room kerfuffle with better the access, maybe yeah, more access. They they, they thought it'll be more, and, and I'm a again. I'm going to preface this by saying we don't know what all kind of COVID protocols that they had to deal with and with their staffing and could all the cameramans have to be vaccinated to get into certain rooms and if a player wasn't vaccinated, did they get access to them and all kind of other stuff that I, I know with production is a lot to do. But storyline, if you go just by storyline, there was no there was no good storyline of any of the episodes. Yeah, other than, you know. The British, the, 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 the English the coach. The Mexican kid's mom Using up all of her prayers in a preseason game. <laughs> it, it was, it's, yeah, yeah. Only thing I'm happy as a Cowboys fan is no crazy storylines were out of us for this offseason. That's to part of that. that's, that's like the good thing about Hard Knocks is when you have a little bit. It feels to me, and not just for the Cowboys, it felt like it last year and the year before. It feels like now the teams have 
too much creative control. They figured out a way around. They're more they're more cognizant that there's literally a camera everywhere. It's just you don't get good stuff anymore. I mean, the last good season was when it was the Browns. The Browns, yeah. But like, it's like team and you look. You had Greg Williams and the I mean, old you got offensive coordinator, too, and like. well, he wasn't there yet. Um, that was no Baker. Odell was, was there. It was Baker's rookie year when they were in Cleveland. Odell, Odell wasn't there. because uh, Odell gave his keats cleats to the fringe free agent player. That might have been on a. Odell wasn't on the Browns that 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 season. That was Baker Mayfield's rookie year. It was Jarvis Landry's first year, and he had this speech where he got up in the locker room and you know told everybody to stop lollygagging, except to use a lot more more strong language. Um, but no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, Odell wasn't on that season. It was a good season though. And you had you just had good. I don't know, man. Who was the, the fringe Knox, player that they was going to cut? Hard Knocks just isn't isn't good anymore. The fringe player they're going to cut. Could have sworn it was the wide receiver who like Odell gave his shoes to. I don't know. It might have been a team playing Cleveland in the preseason or something, and another season of Hard Knocks. But that's that's literally all I, I remember from no. that. <laughs> no, you got you, <laughs> like, you, I don't you even, don't even have the right. I don't even remember. Yeah, well, I don't there even. you go. Our expectations for hard knocks are too high now. The show is the show is not what it used to be, and it's not good. All right, we got we're up against the break. We got time for one more quick phone call before we hit it. Welcome into the show. Good morning. Hey guys, good morning. Hey guys, I want to chime in on what one of the things y'all were just saying, and Dallas Cowboy name having to come into it. It's kind of about what y'all are saying. Like, I guess I would say the media is not getting a lot of the things that they once got when, you know, going around sports and getting good bits to report on. Well, I'll say this to y'all. That's just my opinion. Guys, I believe that it's become like a, a lockdown. Owners, along with coaches, they are becoming so private about their business as far as from a coach's perspective that really they don't want y'all in there. And, 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 and they are strategically plotting and planning on how to keep y'all out. And when they do have to, according to the rules, let y'all in, the, the base, the, I, I believe that the place is strategically set up and y'all only gonna get what they've set it up for y'all to grab. And the many questions, let, let's say not the question, the many things that players once did when y'all would go in those areas to take a look and speak and talk and interview, they just like they watch film, I believe that they spend time in the room studying on how to behave when y'all enter the grounds because they don't, the owners and them don't want their team looking like fools or whatever because that is. It's like it's it's against them making money. Anything negative that the team draws to itself counters against the owner and his profit. So they look at that even when they're recruiting you or they uh, pick you from the college ranks and bring you into the NFL. They want to almost see if you fit. And if you don't fit, go ask, uh, what's his name, Cam, or Cam who just got uh, tossed away from the Patriots and listen to what the Patriots coach is saying, listen to what maybe Cameron and people are saying, all of that 
nobody knows who's telling the truth, why they got rid of Cam. With all due respect, it could be the, the coach is right for what he decided on. Cam is the people are right there. Y'all will never know. The bottom line is, when you don't fit, you got to go. Anyway, they ain't giving y'all what y'all once got. They've done gotten to the point where they're pretty smart. And I'm going to give you one who you can follow. Go to Alabama, one of my favorite college teams. Been one for 54 years. Before Nick, when Coach Bryant was there. Still today. That program there, man, that's run like a machine. Y'all not going over there and getting all of that. Nick ain't letting that happen. He teaches his kids, you're going to fit this program. You're going to follow protocol because this program is all, you know, it's about uh, giving to the public. What yeah. People who support what they deserve, et cetera. All right. But all I'm telling you is y'all all right. not getting that no more, guys. All right, yeah. Coach. Appreciate it. Continue. All right, Norm, your thoughts. I like this Beastie Boy song. All right. Uh, he didn't mention Cam Newton. We'll talk about that next. ESPN 1420. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Scott Prey with the Norman Locke. They were asking a question this morning. Freddie Coleman asked Keyshawn Johnson if Cam Newton has played his last NFL snap. Keyshawn says something like, man, something wrong with your microphone or something, you know. The, the typical Keyshawn response. Um, I, I I don't I don't I don't think so. I don't think so, but I also don't think it's a it's a dumb question. It's not. It's not because it it, it really depends on if people believe that his vaccination status had a part to do with him being cut and released by the New England Patriots. I think it might have had a small part. I don't think it's a major part. Like everyone's making it. But I do think him missing five days, him missing that test, it definitely played a part into Bill Belichick's like, you know what, I might as well just go all in with the rookie then you know, take a flyer on someone who last season caught COVID and it sent the the season into a turmoil because the Patriots were looking fine. Cam just had a awesome game against the, the Seahawks. He had two good games. He had two year. good games. And then he caught COVID. All of last season. Um, I... I'm glad you gave the context because the reality is this. If Cam Newton still played like the MVP of Cam Newton of six years ago, matter at all to Bill Belichick whether he was vaccinated or not. That goes the same with, I mean, you know, with Lamar Jackson and and, uh, with the Ravens. Your context is he might not have because he wouldn't have missed the time and therefore would have had more of an opportunity and then 
Mac wouldn't have had as much opportunity, so perhaps he wouldn't have cemented himself. And that Correct. that context is different than oh, they released him because he didn't. There's some other team players on the team that aren't vaccinated. Correct. I I I think it was probably look, Cam, we're not going to start you. And he's like, okay, well, I would rather be released because I want to I want to start somewhere. It's not like he's under this big fat contract. No, it was a two million dollar. That's that's what it. That's what this kind of feels more like. But I mean. I just don't think Cam Newton's that good anymore. I think he's okay. Yeah. But last year, I mean, he had like 10 games where he didn't, couldn't throw for like 100 yards. Yeah. That's the, not good. Like, go back and look at how he played last year. You mentioned Seattle. He played good in the Seattle game. He played good against Miami in one of the games. But in a lot of those games, he just – and it might be injuries. I think it probably is. I think it's, his shoulder's but, done. But, like, let's not act like he – because last year it was the same thing. Oh, look out. Can't believe he got to New England. Well, let's see what he does with a Belichick. Well, he's still having the issues we saw at the end of his time in Carolina. I don't. I think at 32, Cam Newton's just not that good. Are there 32 quarterbacks in the league better than him? Maybe not 32, but I think there's a lot. 28. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this, this more than anything, this has to do with Cam Newton not just being that, in my opinion, not being that good of a starting quarterback anymore. I think it's the arm strength, and you know, we we I poked a lot of fun at Drew Brees for his arm strength, but Cam's arm strength is isn't there anymore. I don't think Cam can throw an accurate zipline ball forty yards anymore. And in the NFL, that's the end all be all of being a great quarterback, a good quarterback, a star, of being a game manager. Or, or if you can't throw it deep, you better be able to at least throw it accurate within. 20 yards. 20 yards. And, you know, that's never been Cam Newton's game. And if we, we look back to the season of 2015 when Cam Newton, you know, had the best season of his of his career. It was incredible. It was incredible. incredible and and it was he was able to avoid the rush, which we see that he's still able to do, but he can make the deep passes. Can't make the deep passes. No more. You can avoid the rush all you can and throw the ball 15 yards. And like, he's just not- breaking more tackles, more physical running, all that stuff. It um, It's just not. It's not just, the same. He's not the player he used to be. And. Um, it's only three teams that I see that he even has a sliver of a chance, and two of those teams have come out to name starting quarterbacks already. With that being the the uh, the Broncos naming Teddy Bridgewater, but that's one franchise I say is not completely sold on their starting quarterback. But they come out to name Teddy. But you got the Broncos, you got Washington Football Team, who they've come out to say that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter, but they're not sold. Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I mean, he's going to be. But a- here, here's why, if if I may, Norm, here's why I don't think Washington is is at play. So last year, they needed a quarterback, and his and everyone was like, "Oh, his former head coach, his former head coach." They could have had Cam for super cheap last year to be him. their starter, <laughs> and he wanted no part of it. Why would he want it now? So I I take Washington completely off the table. And, and the last and final team, if he wants to a chance to try to be a starter. Will be the Houston Texans, and who wants to go to that dumpster fire? Who wants to go to that dumpster fire? Like you, you, you're going to be with Terod Taylor. I forget who's who else is over there. You still got a, a Watson, who's the dark cloud looming over the franchise. You still got the head coach, that's the biggest dark cloud looming over the franchise. Wh- Shout out David Cully for so, Rage Cajun. So what are you going to do, Cam Newton? If I'm Cam Newton, I'm going to be a backup on a good team. I th- or does he just wait until there's an injury or something? Uh, now, see, I, me personally, I don't think he signs anywhere until later in the season. But 
if I'm Cam Newton, I'm going to take a backup spot on a good team. What if he just, just? What if he just? I mean, that getting back to it. What if he just doesn't play again? I, I don't think. I, I feel like I really truly don't think he's going to get just, signed until he comes out and says. And I hate to say this, that I, I'm vaccinated because no other team, because of the narrative that's going on, no other team is going to bring in a high personality, high you know charisma quarterback to be a backup when the biggest narrative on the team is he's unvaccinated. I guess when you when you're a high profile player and you're not as good as you once were, the, the, there's two there's two sides of an argument. It's like you can't tell me Cam's not better than name any backup, right? Or name most backups. And it's like it's not that simple it's though. Not. And it's not as oh well they're out to get him. It's it's when you backup is a role. We, yeah, when you when you bring it's why like Tim Tebow, even though he wasn't a good quarterback, probably could have been a backup for a long time if he didn't if he wasn't if Tim his, Tebow yeah if he was just Josh you know Walters it would be like he Sycamore. would just be no one right well I mean <laughs> it would just it, it's it's the attention that comes with it and I know Cam it's kind of there isn't maybe the degree of media cameras that come with it but there is a large part that comes with that so are you willing as a team to sort of invite that kind of attention for a backup or a temporary starter at best. And if you're bringing him in as a temporary starter, if you're a team that's rebuilding, is that going to help you rebuild? He's 32, and we both agree he's not that good anymore. So I think it's not a dumb question to ask. I don't think he – the only reason I think he's still going to play somewhere is I think he wants to keep playing, but it's worth asking whether he's played his last snap or not because if he has, it wouldn't shock me. Because if he if he he has to take the the Carmelo Anthony route, like you know, it, it took Carmelo Anthony a year for him to mentally say, you know what, I'm not in the starting role no more. I'm a backup, and it took that year of PR to convince teams that like, okay, Melo maybe really just wants to be a role player and help the team in a role. Cam has to be fully committed to helping in his role, whether his role is a, you know, Taysom Hill type of role where you come in for some gadget plays, you, you, you're you a goal line quarterback, you might complete one or two passes, or you just hold a clipboard, the clipboard for 17 games and you support the quarterback. That's the only way. When I saw rumblings of, you know, Cam Newton should go to the Cowboys. One, know to put that star on your helmet, buddy. Two, we just, we just got Will Greer. He's vaccinated. He's quiet. Like, I would rather take the quiet guy who's going to hold the clipboard and not be a storyline week to week. What if that gets hurt? Then what? Then you welcome him? Well, yeah, Will Greer. No, I'm saying if, but let's say, okay, but what if, what is he, does he give the Cowboys a better chance of winning than Cam Newton? I think when Cam plays, it's going to be team loses their starter. They're convinced they're still close enough to get to the playoffs and that he gives them a better shot than think, whoever the backup is. I think is. Cam is, at this point, he's a cheap Band-Aid, Scott. That, I agree. No, a cheap I, Band-Aid. I, I 100% it's agree. Not, it's not the, the name brand Band-Aid. You know, it's it's the generic. It's the generic. It's a, a but, bandage. But, bandage but, aid. And yet, and yet <laughs> it's like famous all over the internet. You know, and it's like, it's, it's like uh, you know, the... the the Lilo and Stitch version. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just put it on. It's not going to last as long. It's going to last a day, a couple hours. Classic, man. And it's going to halfway start coming off. Why are, you last... why, are you dishing, why are you dissing Lilo and Stitch? Lilo and Stitch is amazing. But, 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 what, what are you doing? I just thought of just most random. Like, <laughs> totally 
<laughs> random. So, it would be like Stilo and Lich, and it would just be like, you know, oh, let's get a, a, a someone that kind of looks like a, a girl from Hawaii and just a weird-looking <laughs> cat, and we'll name it something else. And boom, Cam Newton. Um, as we wrap up this hour, you brought up the Texans. Yeah. Poor David Culley. I mean, he's a he's a good guy. He coached at USL back in the day. All I know is if I mean if they win like five games, just give them coach of the year. You want to let's let's take a look at their depth chart. You yeah, ready? This is what I got. This is what I got for the Texans. Scott, they're gonna be better than what people assume. So how many games are they winning? More than the Jags. I haven't I haven't done my over under oh, yet. Okay. It's more it's more it's more than Jags. It's more than they, Jags they, by four. <laughs> Jags won one game last year. Ty, you got Tyrod Taylor as your starter. Davis Mills is the backup. They have Deshaun Watson on the depth chart listed as just other. Other. Your running backs are Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Rex Burkhead. All pl- all running backs that people have heard of that have had good seasons before, but it's like eh, they're probably not it's, good anymore. It's not a terrible staple. They're gonna they're gonna trade one of those guys at like the trade deadline and get some picks. Brandon Cooks, their other receiver is Chris Conley. Um, they sign Anthony Miller. I like Anthony Miller. Jordan Akins is the tight end. You got Laramie Tunsil, who's good. It's not terrible. That's why I say it's not terrible. It's no, not. dude. I mean, Max Sharping is your guard. Justin Britt is your center. Justin McRae is your other guard. Titus Howard is your right it's tackle. Not terrible. Your de- your starting defense. Whitney. Mar- this is your D line. Whitney Marcellus. Not terrible. Tell me something about Whitney Marcellus. He's not terrible. Tell me something more about him. Uh, he's yeah. like the, he's, he's he's like an average. He, that's what I say. He's like he's like an eighty. He's like an eighty. No, Seventy-five. Eighty. Oh, you man. think he's got an eighty score in Madden? No way. Malik Collins, Vincent Taylor, Jordan Jenkins. Your linebackers are Zach Cunningham, Christian Kirksey, no, no, that's Kevin Pierre Lewis. No, that's some trash. Your corners are Desmond King. And Terrence Mitchell, and your safeties are Eric Murray and Justin Reed. I uh, see. Now you now I you mean, got to the bad the dude, bad part of the, the bad back the you know when you get to the the end of the their bridge. Kickers hurt. Some some guy named Kaimi Fairbairn, and your punter is Cameron Johnson. I, I, you you look at the Texans starting roster. It's still better than the Jags. Think about their depth. If the if if the, all the guys I mentioned, that's your starters. And then, and then, not to mention, you Jack. know, the whole Deshaun Watson. The, who's Jack. suggesting the Jags are good? I, I, I just feel like you you going okay, hard so on his roster. The, you're saying the Texans are the second to worst team in the league, or, or are you suggesting they're actually when you say better than people think? I mean, give me a number. I'm saying that if <clears throat> Jags won one game last season, right? And the biggest change of their position was the quarterback. Well, they got a new head coach that nobody likes. The reports have come out to say that they don't like his coaching style. They lost their first-round running back, uh, second-round running back. The receiving core is still subpar, still one of the worst in the league. Why do you hate DJ Chark? I don't hate DJ Chark. He's a part of a core. I hate the core. I, I hate the Saints core. I, I, I love uh, uh, Galloway. I like Callaway. I took him in my, my you face. Like, you like Callaway. You like it. You didn't want to say core, love you because he's on the Saints. But the core is horrible. So it's like, you know. I think that the Jags win four games. I think the Texans can win five. I'll take that bet. Nine wins between the two of them? Nine wins between the two of them. Oh, I'll go under. I think uh, 
They still win more than the Jags. The Jags can go from one to three. That's, I don't. I don't Texas even. I'm not, I won't argue. That's that's certainly a possibility. I won't argue. With I'm just. There. I'm just super low on the Jags. I'm not high on the Texans. I'm super low I'm on. I'm low the Jags. on the Jags. I'm low on the Texans. I'm low on the Lions. There's gonna be bad football teams. It's gonna be bad football teams. Don't go anywhere. Eight o'clock hour. The Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Perry. That's Norman Locke. Speaking of the Jags, TIAA Stadium is where the Saints will play a home game. The GM that Aaron Rodgers always makes fun of in text threads with his teammates had a dumb thing to say about that game. And um, Saints have played at TIAA Stadium four times in the regular season, but there is one time that I will never forget. And I have some classic play calls to prove it. When Alvin Kamara fumbled and got concussion? That happened at TIAA Stadium? You say 18T? T-I-A-A. Oh, no, no. Talking about Jacksonville Stadium. Talking about where the home game is. Oh, the Gamecocks. Oh, yeah. They didn't throw that that penalty on that play against (laughs) Dallas in 2018. Don't go anywhere. Great Scott Show continues after this. The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Welcome in to the Great Scott Show, 8 o'clock hour. Scott Prather, Norman Locke. Thanks to Tyrell Finroy, who joined us right out the gate at 7. The um, the Saints, Norm, playing a home game uh, week one in Jacksonville. I feel for, uh, it's the one time I'm going to say I feel for the New Orleans Saints in Jacksonville. I mean, in uh, Jameis Winston, just because first home game, it was going to be a doozy playing Green Bay, but at least you had the fans with you. But to play in Jacksonville with your fan base having to deal with the after effects of Hurricane Ida, you have a new quarterback. It's 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 it's, it's a short stick. It's a short stick that that Jameis has been given and the New Orleans Saints. It um, you have your your Brian, whatever his name is, Gunkerstad or whatever his <laughs> name is in Green Bay, the GM that Aaron Rodgers is always dogging. Um, he came out, he was asked about it. He's like, yeah, I saw the news. Uh, we're playing the game in Jacksonville. It's too bad. I wish we would have had a say in it. It would have been nice to play it here. <laughs> Durr. What? Wait a, I bet you would have loved it to have be have a good <laughs> feel for the moment instead of, you know, I mean, that's when publicly, sure, of course, no of no course. belief. Everyone wants to have an extra home game. Yes. In Especially 05, the first. when they made the Saints play in New York against the Giants to call it a home game. What a sham that was. But yeah, it's like 
you don't who every GM would want that. So you don't have to say it. What you say is the obvious humanitarian thing, which is, you know, we're we're just glad we have a place to play. Our thoughts and prayers go out to everything happening down there. It's a shame what the Saints are going through and you know, it's just a road trip for us either way. We're just we want to do what we can to help the league. No, instead you're like, I mean, I wish we would have had a say. I wish you could play it here. Or at least, you know, come out like Oklahoma did for Tulane. Like it's going to be a home game, but all proceeds are going to go back to, you know, the New Orleans Saints or the community. None of that. It's like, hey, Sean trying to Lambo leap. We got to keep Aaron Rodgers. Sean Payton <laughs> would have never let them play that game there. Oh, hell no. There's no, there no, no way. He would have. Season opener in Lambo with a new QB. Oh, I'll For play a, a home game. I'll play Cajun Field before I go back to Lambeau. I'm glad play. you brought it up. A lot of people were saying, "Why couldn't they play at Tiger Stadium, Cajun Field, whatever, Alamo Dome?" They had to play in an NFL. It has venue to be an NFL venue because it has to be set up for replay. And you can say, oh, "Well, they have replay in college." It's not just that; it's also New York. So you've got the replay video review and the communication with the NFL offices in New York. So it's not just a matter of just having cameras set up. Scott, I'm going to tell you, I've worked, it's been, those wires weigh a lot. Yeah. Those, 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 yeah. those wires, you don't just pull up and just unplug and plug in. Why it's aren't not, they playing not at AT&T Stadium? Because there's a big concert there, maybe the night before scheduled or something. Jerry so not letting you do that. The turnaround. Jerry actually went on the radio and was like, yeah, we want to help him do it. And then <laughs> someone's like, hey, Jerry, you got to. He sold that, that night already. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, nope. You I said we wanted the help. <laughs> you did. Oh, shout out to Jerry and 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 um, the Cowboys for opening up AT and T Stadium and Jerry Jones. It's his. It's his palace, yeah. and uh, he opened it up right out the gate. And you know, the difference with like Peyton and there's a lot of differences from 16 years ago. I mean, Katrina, the flooding. It's it's there for the night, and I'm not trying to um, take away from anything happening now. But in terms of the situation, when they might be back, the unknowns. Sean Payton was just like, listen. We're gonna we're gonna schedule all this now, and if it, if if electricity and everything gets back sooner, we can pull back on that. But we cannot wait. No. We have to get everything locked down Correct. as soon as possible. He doesn't want anything hanging over it, but it's just another large obstacle for the Saints this year, and another reason why I I have to tell Saints fans, sorry guys, it's it's just not these. If you don't think this can impact games, everything they're going through. Uh, the 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 change in routine, living at a hotel. It's just like okay, on on the the biggest cut day of the football league calendar, your entire staff isn't in their offices. <laughs> they don't have the access to the stuff that they've been looking at the, the off season. And now, like you said, they're working out of a hotel. You can't possibly do your best job not in your office, not yeah. looking at all, all the stats, everything that you've been compiling. You probably went to the, the facilities to get and grab, but I can't say that they took everything. Not everything. No. So it, it gives them a sort of a sort of stick. And your mind goes to other places too. You know, you got stuff happening back at home, and um, you know, I, I saw someone try to make the argument. You know, it's like when they have training camp and they just stay in California for a week, and they, or they totally stay out other. there in the regular season when they have two back to back games on the West Coast, and they just focus on football. Like this is not that. No. This is like, this isn't a week away. Alvin this Kamara owns a business yeah. in New Orleans. You know, like these players have ties to New Orleans. Like Cam Jordan has has a home in New Orleans. Like they, they have other things. All right, his kids go to school in New Orleans. Now they're not going to be in school. So it's right like. Now. Trying to set all that up, having kids running around a hotel, 
traveling on you know road trips via plane for home, all of that. All it, of that. It's exhausting, and it's not going to be 05. They're not going 3-14 and 14 or 3-13, and 13, which it was back then. No, they're still going to win some games. They've got, got some – some talent on the roster, but but boy, oh boy! I, I, and the turn, the best thing rough. I could say is, you are a fantasy football guy out there. Start all the Green Bay Packers. That's all, that's all I can basically say. And Callaway, that's it, because because he got to get the volume of somebody got to catch the football. Start Callaway and all the Green Bay Packers. The New Orleans Saints have played four regular season games at TIAA Stadium. In Jacksonville, and there's one that I remember. I just never forget watching this with my mom. It was just absolutely insane. Two plays to end the game that uh, a listener pointed out yesterday when I made reference to it, and he, he said on Twitter, he's like, if there were two plays I would use to describe the Saints' existence, it would be those two plays. <laughs> Shout out to the Louisiana Sports Hall of Famer Jim Henderson, who I still every time I hear this call, I cannot. I get no, no. Well, not this one. I get more impressed to call this as this play unfolded and not like stumble. Is it's to me from a sports broadcasting standpoint, it's just like art. It's like Picasso, man. You know, he used uh, Jim. Jim Henderson used his mic like Picasso uses the brush. Two wideouts to the left, one to the right from the shotgun. Brooks pumps, throws down the near sideline to Stallworth, and Stallworth tries to get away from some people and does to the 38-yard line. He needs a block. He needs a couple. There, they're going to lateral the ball to Michael Lewis. Michael Lewis tries to stay alive. He'll lateral it to Deuce. Deuce needing help. He laterals across the field, and the Saints are going to take it in with Payton. If this is legal, they've done it. No. Uh-uh. Jerome Payton <laughs> diving into the end zone. I mean, you can't tell me that I just witnessed what I just saw take place. All sorts of incredible plays along the line for the Saints to stay alive, pending the extra point by John Carney. We'll pause there. Um, yeah. Watching that unfold uh, to the late great hokey guys, y'all, I love the... No. What happened uh-uh. after that? Yeah. What happened after that? Scott? So again, Jim Anderson, <laughs> who just who just had, a, I, I I can't I wish I could illustrate how difficult it is to call all of those laterals in the moment, get the names right, and describe what's happening. That's not a normal no. football play. No. It's not like you practice for a play like that. Um, and then. Henderson showing that he's not just a great Hall of Fame broadcaster. He's also a human being. (laughs) This is somewhat art because this is just raw. Pitting the extra point by John Carney. No! (laughs) He missed the extra point wide right. Oh, my God. How could he do that? (laughs) And the Saints officially eliminated from playoff contention that he day. He was so hurt. In 2003. So left. And the thing is, like, people think that Henderson, like, if you only hear, like, the, the calls, like, you know, party with the Lombardi or, you know, pigs have flown, the Saints are going to the Super Bowl. Like, that's Those are, like, huge moments. A lot of the time, Henderson's a guy that would he, he'd get up a little bit, but he's not like Gus Johnson. 
You know, he's very reserved. If the road team does, if the opponent did something good, he wouldn't be like, oh, uh, he'd call it with somewhat of spunk. You know, he was, do it respectfully. So when he is the person going, no! And he missed No! I love how, I love how he's like, sets it up with pitting the extra point, and then Hokey has to be the one that says, and he missed it. And he missed it. No! God. It one, was so hurt. One more time, back to back, and then I won't play it again for a while, I swear. Two wideouts to the left, one to the right. From the shotgun, Brooks pumps, throws down the near sideline to Stallworth, and Stallworth tries to get away from some people and does to the 38-yard line. He needs a block. He needs a couple. There, They're going to lateral the ball to Michael Lewis. Michael Lewis tries to stay alive. He'll lateral it to Deuce. Deuce needing help. He laterals across the field, and the Saints are going to take it in with Payton. If this is legal, they've done it. No. Uh Uh-uh. Jerome Payton (laughs) diving into the end zone. You can't tell me that I just witnessed what I just saw take place. All sorts of incredible plays along the line for the Saints to stay alive, pending the extra point by John Carney. And he missed No! He missed the extra point wide right. Oh, my God. How could he do that? This one is over as John Carney misses his first extra point of the season. (sighs) I must say that was a beautiful game. That was a beautiful game. I remember being in the kitchen watching with my mom and we're just screaming can't believe what just happened, and then it's like, oh god! Then he missed the kick, and, and he, it would, you know, it would have forced overtime. But I mean, who knows? You got momentum because you've just done the unthinkable. But no, you just done the unthinkable. Done unthinkable. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say that had to be. I, I would like to be a fly on the wall in the locker room right after that. Jim had, and and it sucked because it wasn't like Carney was like this, like. Young guy that had missed a lot of kicks. He, he's in the. I think he's in the Saints Hall of Fame. Like he was like yeah. he's no. one of those olders. He's on the original Tech Mobile. I mean that's how old the guy was. So everyone, everybody loved John Carney. Yeah. So it was like it wasn't like his. That's what made it even more. It's like his teammates loved him. So it's like there. There's this sort of juxtaposition of how could you bleeping do that with man? I feel After bad for you, this. but oh. <laughs> We just did this. So, All you had to do was hold, do your job. For a stadium that, um, you know, is for an AFC team that, that was an expansion team in the mid-90s and they haven't played there very much, Saints have some memories in that one because now they're going to play a home opener there against the Packers. I'm Scott Prather. That's Norman Locke. Of course, they're playing there because of Hurricane Ida, all the impacts of that. We talked to Tyrell Finroy. He's a um, originally from Laplace and – we talked to him at seven. The Rage Occasion great about things he's doing, putting together to try to help others. Norm, you guys, your fraternity brothers, y'all have something going on. Folks listening can make a difference. How can they help? How can they get involved? Uh, so the the Wild Theater new chapter of Cap Alpha and also in conjunction with the Lafayette alumni, uh, what we're doing together is we we're gathering non-perishable items, uh, water, <clears throat> any any type of rice, food. And we're going to go to New Orleans, and we're going to cook. 
so that's that's the plan is go to Thibodeau and go to the New Orleans area and cook for everyone. We know that they're going to be without electricity for X amount of days and gas is really short uh, in those areas. And also it's just it's hot, warm meals. So what we're going to do is we're gathering non-perishable items. We're going to go out there and donate those items and we're going to go out there and cook them a good old pot of red beans got you know that 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 creature comfort it's going to make people feel good you get a, a bowl full of red beans a hot piece of chicken and you know a nice cold soft drink or some water and it's going to make you feel better and hopefully get you through the night and how hit one more time on how folks can help out and get that to you guys you can reach out to me um on twitter at lock underscore norm uh we're going to be setting up some donation spots one's going to be at kok wings and things going to, on you know, university uh, across the street from the uni- uh, the university of uh, Raging Cajuns. Um, and we're going to be collecting items all next week, starting tomorrow all through next week. And then uh, next Sunday, we're going to go out there to either Thibodeau or New Orleans. And- Good stuff. ESPN 1420.com. Um, appreciate it, <clears throat> you guys listening. And I know that those in New Orleans would certainly appreciate you helping them get a good meal. It's awesome what you guys are doing. 24 after the hour of 8 o'clock. Jay email says, I don't think John Carney was in Tecmo Bowl. He's right. I'm sorry. I misspoke. I meant Tecmo Super Bowl. Okay. And I think he was the last active player. It was either him or Jeff Fiegels. Between him and Carney, they were like the last people that were in the league that were on Tecmo the Bowl. original Tecmo Super Bowl on Nintendo, which is one of the greatest video games of all time. Super old. ESPN1420.com. <laughs> What's the like weirdest most ridiculous spam mail you've ever got somebody just fishing or whatever the most ridiculous is somebody emailing me from my email but it was like off by one mm-hmm. character and yeah. then basically telling me that my social security number has been compromised it's like oh, me emailing myself i get i get so many phishing emails that are just everything from we have camera footage of you here to a court date to this bill isn't paid to you get we get some sometimes I get some on the 1420 account where it's like you've you're you're you've been selected for an award 1420 has been selected for an award here is how you can get it facts it is a real award blah 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 but essentially you're just paying for a plaque and it's like the most absurd thing it's like this isn't a scam because we actually send you this thing. Yeah, you just pay for you it. You pay for an award. You know, there's no membership requirement. All costs are just this, and you can do this. Like, come on, guys. But but to see, you know, from Norman Locke, from in Locke. Yeah, I was like, like What's wait, going on here? wait, did I forward this it's to myself? It's the O to a zero. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, did I forward this to myself? Did I, did I proclaim myself? My social security number really compromised. That, that's how they get you. I like talking on the phone with them. Like if I get a live oh, scammer, God. oh yeah, I entertain it. I'm like, oh, oh really? I hate it. Oh really? So so all I got to do to win a million dollar Best Buy gift card is just give you my social security number. All right, all right. It's one. It's two. It's three. <laughs> then by the time we get to the end, they hang up. <laughs> I, I, I start enjoying it. That's automatic call. I hang up. Eight, six, seven, five. Rio nine, and just start singing. You know, just getting the song. Like Norman, you 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 have to fill out this form. Oh, you know, text it to me, Mister Luck. We're so worried about <laughs> your security. Text it to me right now. Right Urgent. Three three seven, one two three four. Send it to me. ESPN fourteen twenty. Let's head to the phone lines. Hello. 
Uh, just do like the old school, like on the cartoons, five, five, five. Five 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 five. I love talking to him. Um, yeah, man. Uh, hey, you ever seen a? You ever received a spam mail in person? In uh, person? I don't think so. What do you mean? Like a spam? Like let's say you go somewhere, someone. Hey, hey, hey! Sign up. You, you go. You going to um, sign up right now. You fill out this. We give you a four day, three night vacation in Las Vegas. Oh, oh, oh sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the mall. I've been sure. in the mall and they try to get me. No, like I was that. Down there. I was in Vegas leaving the airport, and this woman stopped me. Hey, Fog up. You want it? Hey, we, you gotta, oh, we got to. We're going to give you a free vacation. Like, for what? I'll oh, just sign this out. Right, I gotta go. <laughs> for, for what? I know y'all y'all are older than me. Have y'all ever ever known anyone to sign up for a timeshare? I feel like I've, I've been. I, I I know I know a few yeah. people, um, and I know some that, that that didn't mind that it worked out for them. I know others who just incredible regret. Okay, all right. Because I, I felt, always felt like it was a scam. I'm like, what, what is going on? It's not. I shouldn't say. At least the ones that I know, they weren't all like this is terrible because they could actually they actually used it and it would you know it made sense. But I also know some others that are like, this is just this was a giant mistake. <laughs> this was a giant mistake. Uh, Scott Corny, you said Corny is on the Saints. Uh, wow, if that's the case, that's John Corny is on the on the Saints. What now? What, I thought you said that the Saints acknowledge him. Like, is he on the Wall of Fame or something? No, I think he's in the Saints Hall of Fame. I think he went in the same year Aaron Brooks did. Why? What did you <laughs> say? <Corny>? Why? <laughs> why? I mean, he, you know, he's one of the more accurate kickers in NFL history, and he was there during, I guess, some the kind of some glory years between, you know, the 06 season and then uh, the Super Bowl, but. Yeah, and then I think he also just like one of those things where he might have just stayed there and done some stuff in the community and put together camps. So it's it it's might not just be what he did as a player, but some other things too. But but yeah, I think I think he's in the Saints Hall of Fame. I I I, I could be yeah, wrong. Yeah. I'll 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 double check. For some reason, the reason it's in my yeah, he is, he is. He's in the Saints Hall of Fame. Because I remember the year Aaron Brooks went in, the two of them, like, I just remember a shot of them hugging. And then on John Carney's, like, everybody in the Saints Hall of Fame, they have, like, a, a, a painting of them up in the Saints Hall of Fame, and it's a picture of Brooks hugging him. Is <laughs> one of the things, like, below. It's like a shot of Carney, and then below it is, like, some action shots. <laughs> wow. Uh, I can see him with the Chargers. I think he played with the Chargers for a good minute. He did, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, that's that's, that's, uh, he was with well, so he played yeah. five. He played from with the Saints from 01 to 06, and then again in 09 and 2010. Um, I just pulled up his. So this is okay, SaintsHallOfFame.com. So, so he, this is funny. So this is this is what they. This is the first two sentences. One of the most prolific kickers in NFL history, Carney signed with the Saints as a free agent prior to the 2001 season. The next sentence on his Hall of Fame. Page for the Saints on December twenty first, two thousand and three. The Saints were trailing the Jaguars twenty to thirteen with seven seconds left in regulation. Quarterback, this long thing that says the River City Relay, and then it says Cardi was sent out to kick the extra point to tie the game and would force overtime. Instead, he pushed the ball wide right as the Saints would lose nineteen to twenty. That's just wrong. Like why? <laughs> why is that a highlight so, that people want you to remember? Oh my gosh. This is great. That was a, uh, that there's was some a other stuff in there, up. but jeez. Jeez. 
Yeah. Uh, hey, Trey Rakers, man. Uh, I, I wasn't shocked or surprised that he got cut because of their depth chart. But I thought that uh, he was going to take Jalen Richard. Or, uh, I know Jalen's from, uh, well, I don't know him, from Alexander's uh, Richard, so Richard. I know. Uh, I thought he was going to take his spot. I did, too. You know, I did, too. I mean, he, he signed with the Raiders practice squad, but the way Trey played in the preseason, I thought he was – I thought he was on the team. I thought he had a spot on the active roster. I did too. It was a, it was surprising. It was a surprising move when I talked to some of the uh, Raiders Raiders uh, beat riders that they thought that he was a lock in to make the the roster, especially after two strong preseason games. But uh, I, I think he did make it to the practice squad, right? He did. Yeah, he signed okay. to the practice squad. I have a story up, folks, on ESPN fourteen twenty thirteen Cajuns that were in training camps and basically. The ones that are on the active rosters, the ones that are on practice squads, and the ones that are currently free agents. See Mitchell with them 49ers. Yeah, um, no, you, you, uh, could you see a team picking him up? Regus? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think, I think um, you know, I, I hope so for him, right? You get signed off of the practice squad, you're on that active roster, and you can stick around. I remember Boston Scott, the Saints thought they could store him on the squad. And they couldn't, and he's been making plays in Philly ever since they signed him. Um, you know, so if Regis gets a shot, he put together some nice tape. Um, and so maybe, you know, at some point, I feel like at some point this season, he'll be on an active roster, maybe in Vegas, maybe somewhere else. But I don't I don't see him on the practice squad the whole year because no. he, he just had too good of a camp and too good of a preseason. Yeah, I didn't know he was that old, man. Uh, 24? Trey's 24? Yeah. I thought he was 23. I didn't realize he was 24 either. I thought he was 23. Made 24 this year. Okay. Uh, uh, Cam, uh, Cam, I heard y'all talking about Cam Newton. Um, I think he's done. I think, um, I think you know, I think um, his next step is retirement. But um, could you see the Cardinals? Who, who's the Cardinals back up? Isn't it Colt McCoy? It is Colt McCoy. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. Everyone, I mean, the league right now at the quarterback position is getting better. Uh, you, you're getting more quarterbacks where I'll say that the the quarterback number two in the league now isn't a scrub anymore, isn't just a pure clipboard holder that he can get in and maybe win one or two games. And I just feel like Cam, even, you know, I say there's not 32 starting quarterbacks that's talent for talent better than them, but system, fit, youth, all those Dynamics playing to it, I, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put him as my starter right now. Not not on any of these thirty two teams. I think um, the ideal backup would be Buffalo uh, since he played in that system. Because the team uh, unvaccinated. They got, they got Mitch Trubisky. He's happy to be a backup. <laughs> He's happy so to be I'm, wanted. What I'm, is, I think, <laughs> what I'm saying is, I know Josh Allen is a, basically he's a Cam Newton. I, well, I guess they're going to say he's more accurate, but of course he had his uh, his accurate issue uh, before uh, last year. Um, I just think isn't isn't that head coach like his former uh, offensive coordinator or something like that? The head coach or, in or Buffalo. Coach. I mean, the head coach in Buffalo is oh, a defensive a guy. He, oh, he was, yeah, I'm sorry, defense. But he, wasn't he? Uh, he was with he was in Carolina when um, yeah, Cam yeah. was up there. Right? So is Ron Rivera, and he wants no part of Cam. So. I don't know that yeah, that's necessarily course, well, a good thing. Uh, you know, Ron, uh, well, if Cam, if, if the rumors are, well, if it's true, if he's unvaccinated, of course, Ron Rivera's not going to want him around, you know, due to. Um, but, I mean, he didn't want him around, around last year, and they could have had him last year when they needed a quarterback for. Oh, 
oh, really, that really cheap. And maybe he know that he's damaged good. Maybe he know that he's done. His shoulder's done. Like, I, I think that's I, that's, that's, I know that's that's like that's my point. I mean, I think I I just don't think Cam's that good anymore. I don't think he's terrible. I just yeah, don't I just, think he's that good. I'm not, I'm not buying into it. I mean, we've got a we've got a pretty big sample size now from the last. You know, he fooled me with the workout video. Yeah. Put gospel music on that workout video. Get anybody pumped. I guess. But look, look, y'all have a good one, and uh, thank you. Appreciate the call. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, UL versus Texas, LSU versus UCLA. Locke's going to lock in his predictions. I got him. All right. I'm ready. All right. What are you saying? Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. Oh, you trekkies and TV addicts. Don't mean to this, don't mean to bring static. Oh, you cling on to your grandma's house. Grab your back street friend again. Hey, guys, Scott Prather, ESPN 1420. I've got breaking sports news. DraftKings is live in Louisiana with daily fantasy sports. That means you can begin playing right now. To welcome in the new football season, DraftKings is giving all new players a free shot at a million dollars during week one. So if you haven't tried DraftKings yet, it is the perfect time to do it. Go download the DraftKings app and use code 1420. Let me tell you about DraftKings. It's really simple. I downloaded it. Very, very user-friendly. You pick your lineup, you stay under the salary cap, and then you watch your team compete against the competition. You know what makes watching a game even more exciting? When you also have a free shot at giant, huge cash prizes. And when you're perfecting your daily uh, fantasy skills, don't don't forget to check out the DraftKings free-to-play pools. There's even more cash up for grabs there. So let me tell you guys one more time, download the DraftKings app now and use code 1420 for a limited time. New players can get a free shot at a million dollars during week one. Don't miss out on the action. That's code 1420 only at DraftKings. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Guys, do it. Download the DraftKings app and use code 1420. If you're in HR, Welcome back into the great Scott Show. Scott Fraser, Norman Locke. Louisiana versus the Texas Longhorns, number 23 versus number 19. That game on Fox. We invite you to turn down the volume on the TV, sync it up to the radio, whether it be the ESPN 1420 app, ESPN 1420, Hot 107.9, pregame at 1.30. Steve Pelequin, Richie Falgo have pregame for you. Jay Walker, Chris Alano in the booth. Cody Juno on the sidelines. LSU plays UCLA on Fox as well. Back-to-back games, network TV. Of, I'm ready uh, for. A lot, of, a lot of local interest this Saturday. Uh, Louisiana and Texas. What you got? Scott, I've been talking to the players. You know you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with the players. been talking to them. They're excited. They're ready. Um, they know this is a big task ahead of them. They know what winning this game can mean for the community, what it can mean for them, what it can mean for Coach Billy Napier. And I'm going to say they're mentally locked in. And as of yesterday, um, I, you know, I, I ran into uh, Dante Fleming, and the kid's so humble, Scott, and, I, you know, I, I want him to do so well just because he wants it so bad. I won't say he's the, the strongest guy. He's not the fastest guy. He's not the most athletic, but the kid wants it. And I can say that about – about 
nearly everyone on this roster, they are hungry. They want it. They will. They breed competition, and I think that's something that Billy Napier extend uh, extilled in this in this in this team that the competition aspect of it. You know, we're going to compete. We're going to compete. We're going to compete. And I think, me personally, the biggest the the raging Cajuns winning this game is the offensive line. If we can compete against their defensive line, which I think is really strong, and we can mush those bodies, we can move them around, we can run our offense how we want to, there's no stopping the Cajuns. I'm not scared of their weapons at the wide receiver or quarterback position because they're scared. with their. They just named their, their starting quarterback a week ago. So it's not like he's just this veteran that's been there for a bunch of years. He's... He's he's a, he's a rookie, you know. He's a freshman. Um, he's a redshirt freshman, if I'm not mistaken. What? They're, the the new quarterback. Uh, yeah, Hudson Card. Yeah, they yeah. got some young QBs. So, I think it's uh, I, I think it's on the other side. I think the run defense is really the number one key for me for the Cajuns because I think Texas wants to run Bijan Robinson and run him a lot and run him nonstop. And the Cajuns released the depth chart yet last night, and yeah, and man. and I saw. Taylor Humphrey questionable, and I was like, man, it, it, big sauce. I mean, that's 350 pounds in the middle, just run stuffy machine. Ten minutes later, they released an updated depth chart, Norm. Taylor Humphrey was not on the injury report. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple changes. Ben Woolrich was then listed as or for backup quarterback, meaning backup behind Levi Lewis, Chandler Fields, or Ben Woolrich. You mentioned the competition on the team. There are 13 ors. On the depth chart. It's a lot of oars. And somebody uh, tweeted me and they said, that can't be good. I was like, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't think it's – it's. this is the deepest team the Cajuns have had in school history, in my opinion. It's not a – you can't figure out who's going to play here or there. No, it's keeping open competition in a number of spots, and a number of guys deserve it, right? Lorenzo McCaskill, Chris Moncrief, or at inside, both of those guys have had you know, good games in yes, the past. Um, I think it's team and scheme also. You might want to go with some different players versus different different teams. So you don't want to just lock in a, a true starter when you know that one guy might fit better against a defense or offense than the next guy. Lots of receivers, man. I mean, you have the three spots on the depth chart. One of them is Peter LeBlanc, Errol Rodgers, or Dante Fleming. Uh, and then Caleb Carter, another one. You've got Kyron Lacey at the top, followed Big by time. Michael Jefferson or John Stevens Jr. Um I see Kyron Lacey have a Kyron Lacey having a big game. Jalen Williams listed as a starter somewhere else behind him. Jacob uh, Bernard and Devin Pauley, but uh, just a, I mean Trey Amos is a guy that's a freshman cornerback and he's not ahead of Eric Gare on the depth chart. But Chris Lano thought he was the most impressive player he saw when he was at the scrimmage, the close scrimmage, you know, uh, week before last. So, a um, lot of talent. Kick returner, you got Chris Smith or Eric Gare. Uh, Eric Gare is still your top punt returner and kicker. It says Kenny Amandarez or Nate Snyder. Um, I, I would, I, I, I would, I bet Snyder kicks off. Amandarez does the PAT and field goal kicking. That's just my guess. Carlos Rubio is listed as questionable lower body injury. George Jackson and Sonny Hazard both listed as out. But I get back to Taylor Humphrey, man. That run defense, I think, is going to be the biggest key in this one. LSU, UCLA. By the way, the UL Texas now that uh, the line is now at just eight, Texas minus eight. Back when it opened in like June or something, fourteen, okay. for a while it was minus nine and a half. Now it's minus eight. It just tells you that a lot of betters are betting on the Cajuns 
Um, not to win outright, but to at least cover the spread, which tells you a lot of handicappers, a lot of professionals think this thing is going to be a very close game. Norm, UCLA, um, they beat up Hawaii last week. It's LSU a was a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Then UCLA beats up Hawaii. Now they're minus three. Um, I had I had a, a guy on last week, Ben Mintz, uh, from Barstool, and he was saying, if you're a better and you think LSU's going to beat UCLA, you hope UCLA crushes Hawaii, who's terrible, like you just said, because then people will overvalue them. Here it is. The line's moving. I, I think... I think the Tigers are – some people think they're in danger. Tell you what, if they lose, that seat is hot as hell for O, but I don't think they're losing this game. I don't think they're going to lose, but I don't count out Chip Kelly. That's the that's the only hope that I got for UCLA. I'm not, I'm not looking. It's Hawaii. <laughs> it's Hawaii. But uh, Chip Kelly, I can't count him out. I don't know what UCLA is going to look like this season. It's not like I, you know, uh, I've been following them for the last two couple seasons. Haven't watched a UCLA football game since uh, Brent Hutley played for him. Uh, but I'm not going to count out Chip Kelly. I'm not going to do it. Other week one games. Week one starts tonight. We'll give you a rundown of the schedule, how you can watch all night on the tube. Bank Ohio State plays tonight. Huh? That's right. We'll be right back right after this. Jim Henderson, take us out. And he missed- no! He missed the extra point wide right. Oh, my God! How could he do that? Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Week one starts tonight in college football. The big one is Ohio State and Minnesota, unranked Minnesota. That game set for 7 o'clock on Fox. Got uh, one SEC team in action at It's Tennessee who hosts Bowling Green. Number of Sunbelt teams, Coastal Carolina will host the Citadel. You see their mascot? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, Appalachian State will be hosting uh, East Carolina. That one will be on ESPNU. Keeping an eye on that. number of other games. Um, a lot of streaming, a lot of ESPN+, Plus, ESPN3. Uh, UCF hosting Boise State. That's actually the That's one that... I think I'm most interested in. You've kind of got the group of five notable teams that had their big moments where they had incredible seasons. And as a result, still good programs, but as a result of just, if you're in the group of five and you have a number of consistently really good seasons where you're ranked, even though neither of those teams is actually preseason ranked, because it's UCF and Boise State, you look at it totally different than you would um, another game that might have two group of five teams playing, right? Uh, whether Minnesota, I mean, Ohio State. Well, you well, that's, that's power five. Oh, okay, you know what I mean, like a group of five school 
uh, Ball State and Western Illinois. I mean, it's weird because one of those teams isn't, you know, is is FB. But you get my point. Like, so for instance, Saturday, you know, you've got a game between. Let me find one. Jeez, a lot of teams playing FCS schools in Week One and FBS schools. Uh, so many schools are playing FCS schools week one. Like looking up and down this thing, it's a crazy amount of schools. Great. You got to get that that first easy dub. Maybe Tell you what, easy. man. Like all over the place. All right, so San Diego State and New Mexico State. Or UCF and Boise State. None of those teams are ranked, any of them. But yeah. of the two matchups, because of what Boise State and UCF have done, you put together an undefeated season as a group of five. I do have breaking sports news, DraftKings, check it out. You put together a a consistently good seasons in the group of five, and you can have a year where you're not ranked, but everyone sort of knows you. Like, yeah. Boise State's a brand, right? Yeah, it is a brand. So... You got multiple win seasons for the Cajuns, preseason ranked. Talk about the opportunity Saturday, Norm. Biggest opportunity in school history, I think. Because there's a lot more to gain than lose. If you lose, you can still have a great season. Correct. Be maybe the best group of five teams, certainly in the mix. But if you win. That's why you go in there swinging. You go in there swinging. Because what, what what can happen? You go in there swinging, you throw some haymakers, you get punched in the face. It's okay, keep swinging. I'm get, if I'm the Cajun, I'm getting up every time. I don't care if the score is 50-0, to zero, I'm going to score. That's Norman Locke. Catch him this afternoon. Lock it in. Three to six. I'm Scott Prather. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'll be back tomorrow. Got a number of guests lined up. You don't want to miss it.